One night, I stayed up kind of late and decided it was finally time for bed. I took my shower, got ready, turned my nightly podcast on, and hopped into bed. Suddenly, I feel like something is watching me. I look up towards the window, and I see a large black figure standing there. I'd say somewhere between six and six and a half feet tall. He was completely black, and I couldn't see his face. Just a dark, shadowy figure. I had a sudden feeling of fear and utter terror. I turned my head away from the window, covered my face, and attempted to forget about it. I hardly slept that night. The next night, I walked over to my window and checked to see if I could see the figure again. I didn't see anything, so I turned off the lights and tried again to sleep. Within minutes of me putting my head onto my pillow, I felt like I was being watched again. I peeked up over my covers and saw the same figure standing at my glass door and looking at me. This time, I just stared back at him for a little bit before getting scared and covering my face again. He had a pretty fair build, wasn't too big, but also wasn't too skinny, just fair. Again, he had no face and was looking at me. This kept happening for the next few nights. Each time, he appeared closer to me. The next, he was at my screen door, then the foot of my bed, then in the middle of my room, and finally looking over me beside my bed. I felt so heavy and fearful. I felt as if I was being pushed into my bed. I couldn't move and all, but I just couldn't shake the heavy feeling. I started to get irritated and yelled out, Be gone! I don't want you here! I then prayed over and over till I finally fell asleep. The next night, he wasn't there. I have exactly zero idea what it was. And that's probably one of the most strangest things I've ever seen in this house. From MysteriousUniverse.org Greetings and salutations to all you fine folks out in the hinterlands. It's Rock and Max, and as always, we're going to be your guys as we explore all things supernatural here on Nightmares and Daydreams, y'all. Hey, gang. Welcome to the show. Rock and I are going to unwrap another show full of paranormal shenanigans. Ooh, that's how we do, Maxie. And thanks for tuning in, people. But before we get into it, we'd like to remind y'all to like, subscribe, and review. I know this is normally Rock's part, but I'm taking over here. <laughs> Especially that last part, though. Every single review and rating helps to get our little show out there. Yep. So please do us a solid and take that literal second to grant us a five-star review on whatever podcatcher you listen to us on. Well said, Maxie. And y'all know we wouldn't ask every dang episode if it wasn't so important. And uh, another way to help is by sharing our pod, gang. You know, someone in your inner circle, your family friends, co-workers that might like it. 100%. Please pass us on. We're like a fine paranormal doobie. <laughs> did you say doobie? I believe I did. Which doobie you be, Rock? That's a good question, Maxie. An eternal question, in fact. I'm sure it was. Pondered on by the ancients, no doubt. So, gang, real quick, this is just an aside. Send us your stories. Oh, for sure. We need them. And even if you think they're not that scary or whatever... Let us be the judge, because we're lining up another listener's tales, and we can use all the stories you got. Totally. Ghosts, cryptids, 
strange happenings. All of that. Whatever. We want them. Mm-hmm. Email us at nightmarespodcast at gmail.com or head over to our website. Hit the contact button at the bottom of the page. Mm-hmm. All right, Maxie, well said. And what are we up to today? Well, as is our want, Rock, you and I are going to discuss and debate all things paranormal, legendary, and monstrous. And of course, fun. Oh, that's fun. Double fun. And as our fun-filled listeners out there know, fun is the most important thing in this universe, Maxie. So, uh... Oh, for sure. But one thing. Do you want to know what's not funny? Could it be, mayhap, mysterious beings that seem to be made from shadows, Hmm. which watch us while we sleep, and in some cases interact with those unfortunate souls that witness them? Hmm. I have a feeling that was my line. But yeah, Max, you're right. That is no fun at all. Everybody, we're talking about shadow people today. Shadow people and sightings, if the interwebs can be believed, are on the rise. Mm Mm-hmm. Gang, you know, Max and I do a ton of research for our little show, and it seems that sightings of not just shadow people, but sightings of every damn near kind of cryptid or phantoms are on the up. Which is good for us, or at least our podcast. More content. Mm Mm-hmm. But not quite so good for the folks out there in the hinterlands that are experiencing this. But, you know, unless you're into that sort of stuff. Which we are. You know, once again, Max, speak for yourself. (laughs) I'm a keyboard crypto researcher right here. (laughs) Well, we're into other people encountering the more Fortean-style phenomena. True that. So we can pass it on to all you fine folks in the hinterlands who like to hear about... Mm -hmm. But not necessarily experience, just like us. Yep, content is important. Speaking of, let's get into shadow people, shall we? I'm on board, amigo. So what are shadow people, Rock? Well, that's a good question. And uh, just to start, there seem to be some hallmarks of shadow people. Okay, and I'm just guessing here, but are they made of shadows? Hence the name, you are correct, sir. And another commonality is that many, but not all, seem to be sporting some sort of hat. Be it an old-style fedora, you know, hell, even a top hat. Oh, Abe Lincoln? (laughs) You know, another aspect is that they often, but not always, appear in people's bedrooms as they're about to go to sleep. Creepster. According to the lore, they manifest most during the hours of 1 to 4 a.m., the so-called witching hour. Seriously, that's like our opening story, which, let's be honest, that was pretty unsettling. It was super unsettling, man, like, Bedtime should be a time of winding down, throwing on some relaxing music, some white noise, a time to chill. Not a great time for a shadow person to be watching you as you're, you know, trying to catch some Z's, am I right? I mean, unless you're into that sort of stuff. And hey, teach their own party people. Exactly. So here's a quick take on the shadow people by the late, great Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Now she posited this. I discovered that many shadow people experiencers are also ET experiencers, especially abductees. Through a long process, I concluded that shadow people are a shape-shifted form taken by the jinn. Therefore, there is a profound connection between jinn and bad hauntings and ET abductions. Furthermore, the footprints of the jinn are evident throughout our mythologies about ancient aliens and gods. The picture that emerged is of a major jinn involvement in all of our entity contact experiences throughout history. Okay, I mean, that's pretty trippy. I don't know about the ET stuff. I mean, she obviously put a lot of research into it, so I'll 
I'll take her word. She's the queen of researchers, amigo. That's pretty trippy. And Mm -hmm. yeah, she is sorely missed. She is. But let's talk about Jen for a second. I mean, wow. Uh, I'd rather not. And, uh, you know, her book on Jen, if you can find one, is pretty amazing. So go that route. The thing is, she was so certain that the Jen were affecting her everyday life after she wrote that specific book that she had her publisher stop publishing that book. Wow. And the great Jim Harold had her book in his house and in his collection. And he started experiencing some odd events. And he got rid of the book. And when he did, the event stopped. Dang. That's for real, y'all. Mm-hmm. As they say, when you stare into the abyss, the abyss stares back. So... Have you ordered your copy yet? <laughs> yeah, right. Nope. I'm, I'm going to send you one. I'm going to get it on Amazon. No, no, no. I don't even want a Kindle version. Okay, bro? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, you know, guys, that's one perspective from Rosemary Ellen Guiley. And before we get into others, how about another story? Let's do it. I emerged around 3 a.m. from a sleep so deep it was almost a coma to find myself paralyzed by a dark figure hovering over me at the foot of my bed. When I say I was paralyzed by the figure, that's precisely accurate. I had a sense that this thing was responsible for the awful state of paralysis that had unaccountably taken hold of me. And yes, I do know, and I think I may have even known then, about the physical paralysis that naturally occurs during REM sleep. In the presence of that dark figure, I was immediately panicked, horrified, positively sickened with terror and dread in a way and to a degree that I had not only never experienced, but had never even conceived. And this horror was a result not only of my paralysis, nor of the figure's presence and frightening appearance, but of the awful knowledge of its reason for being there, which gripped me suddenly and totally. The thing was a vaguely man-shaped vortex of darkness, and I knew with a kind of psychological weight that I had never imagined that it was the anti-me, that it was like my own personal black hole and that its presence, in fact, its very existence meant my utter annihilation. I actually felt it sucking my entire being into it like a roaring, devouring hurricane meant for me and me alone. As experienced by Matt Carden, circa 1993, from Mysterious Universe. Now, that is legitimately horrifying, y'all. So, yeah, sleep paralysis is one thing, but... Your utter annihilation. I mean, mm-hmm. do we know, is this guy still around? I have no clue, man. Now, that's a whole different level, though. That's getting kind of personal right there. You think? His knowledge of what this entity was is pretty specific, and that adds even more horror to the whole experience. Yeah, man, like this guy, Matt. His experience is unique because he has such a definite feeling of what this entity was. You know, most folks, man, you just freak out. You feel this darkness, this evil, this malevolence. He described this shadow person as the anti-me. Like you said, legit horrifying. So mm-hmm. let's get into the whole hat aspect. There's there's a being called the Hat Man. I think I've heard of him. Uh, you know, Maxie, why don't you let the good folk know about this fella? 
So he's a shadow entity who wears a hat. Hence the name. You know, <laughs> surprisingly, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a fedora-style hat that, like you spoke of earlier, mm-hmm. and he's linked to sleep paralysis as well. Man, this dude's checking off the boxes for a shadow person so far. Well, according to the lore, the hat man can appear anywhere, not just in your bedroom at night. Oh, wow. Some have even seen him during broad daylight. Oh, hell no. One of the other differences that people describe when encountering the hat man is the sheer terror that they feel. This entity emanates evil and dread. So kind of like the old hag who was also linked to sleep paralysis. Exactly. You know, I wonder, could the hat man feed off the terror he instills in the people that, you know, that see him? Possible. But unlike the old hag, he doesn't actually sit on or attack the person seeing him. He just stands there, seemingly staring at the person before he eventually disappears. Nope. No thanks. The other thing is that some people have actually touched him. Oh, man. If you can imagine. So, according to the lore, there is actual substance to this shadow. You know, it sounds like the hat man is like a leveled up shadow person. Heidi Hollis, in her book about the hat man, says this. Victims worldwide have reported seeing this man peering into their homes, their bedrooms, their cribs, their cars, their lives, and even into their souls. It starts with the feeling of not being alone, only to look at the foot of your bed and find that you were right. There's a stranger in your room and you know that you see him, but worst of all, you know that he sees you too. You try to run and scream only to find you are paralyzed. Terror reaches new levels as he approaches you, leans within inches of your face and lets you know that he is indeed your worst nightmare. Mm, yeah, you know, that'll put a crimp in your night's sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds horrifying, man. So, do you have a story on this character? You know I do. have been six or seven years old when it started. It was the early 1980s. I lived in San Diego, California at that time. We lived in an average house, average neighborhood. I was an imaginative child and I always enjoyed make-believe. It's no wonder that my family didn't believe me when I began to tell them there was a man who stood in my doorway at night. I remember waking up night after night terrified as I saw him there. Just writing this makes me sick to my stomach. He was dressed in a hat and a long coat. I never saw his face or even the color of his clothing. I could see his shape from my nightlight in the darkness. He never passed the threshold of my bedroom door, but he stood there for what felt like forever. I would just sit in my bed and stare at him, my body racked with fear so scared I could not scream or cry, terrified that if I moved or turned my eyes away, he would come get me. Once he left, I would run to my sister's room and crawl in bed with her. This became a nightly occurrence and went on for years. 38 years later, I happened to be watching a documentary about nightmares 
and saw that other people have seen the same man. I couldn't believe it. I still can't. Why? Why me and no one else in my home? I still shudder when I think of this. For all the others who shared in this horror, you are not alone. From the Hatman Project. Okay, now I got to go back to an episode from our first season, y'all, Hags. And in that episode, we talk about these sort of entities that could be from the other side yeah, and that they could possibly feed on fear, like I mentioned earlier. You know, Max, I got to say, from that story, it seemed like the hat man could be one of those entities. I mean, it sounds like it, yeah. And, you know, yeah. And while it's important to master your fear. Which... Let's be honest, it's easier said than done. Yeah, no, I mean, especially for a child, it's way easier said than done. But what I was going to say was that in these cases where these shadow entities basically haunt the rooms of kids, especially, man, like that's a veritable feast of fear. Am I right? It's as solid a theory as any. And it makes sense if that's the case. And according to the lore, there are many of these sorts of veil striding entities out there. The old hag who causes sleep paralysis is another one. And she could definitely feed on fear. Y'all, for more info on the old hag... And other hags... Get in the way back machine and listen to episode two. That's a good one. Hags, legends from the old world. It's a fun one. We were but young lads back then. <laughs> so true, so true. And the flower of our youth from three years ago or what. <laughs> yeah. All right, gang. Let's get into another story, shall we? Lead on, good sir. This occurred approximately two years ago in Houston, Texas. I was staying at a hotel there on a business trip. I was asleep with one foot out of the covers at the bottom of the bed. It was a little after 2 a.m. and I was fast asleep when I felt a light tickling feeling on the bottom of my right foot. I was lying flat on my back. I looked down at my feet and there was a man standing at the end of my bed. It was the shadow shape of a man in an old, wide-collared suit and a fedora-style hat. About six foot tall, I would guess. The face was only a shadow with no features. At first, I was just confused. Then my heart started hammering out of my chest. I knew it wasn't a real person. I jerked my feet up from the end of the bed. As I did this, the shadow took his index finger and ran it very firmly up the bottom of my foot as I pulled it under the covers. Then he was gone, almost like he caved in on himself. At that moment, I knew I wasn't dreaming. 
I felt that last slide of his finger against my foot was to let me know that he was real. Even though I was panicked because I didn't know what it was, I didn't get an evil, bad, or sinister feeling from the shadow man. Looking back, I think he may have even had a sense of humor. From the Hatman Project. All right, so first of all, I think I'd never sleep again, but... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Lights on. <laughs> yeah. This witness experienced the hat man basically tickling her feet. And then mm-hmm. before he exited the premises, he ran his finger along the bottom of her foot just to let her know, I know. hey, you ain't dreaming. I know, right? Okay, but listen, first off, this person had it coming. Why do you say that? Because she broke the first rule of sleep safety, y'all. She had her foot poking out from under the covers. Hey, everybody, y'all know you got to keep covered. Otherwise, it's fair game for the monsters under the bed. We've known this since we were kids. Am I right? <laughs> I mean, sounds solid, I guess. Like, you don't want to break solid. the barrier. I get that. It's like that blanket is a magic circle of protection and you just broke it because your foot is hot. Come on, man. You got to keep your feet under the covers. Protect the circle. <laughs> but I mean, technically you're head is not being covered by the blanket, so I don't know about this theory. Hey, man, your head and upper body don't count, okay? It's only your crusty <laughs> foot popping out the bottom of the blanket that can let the monsters in by breaking the circle. Nobody tickling your head. Fact. <laughs> okay, you're not even drinking right now. That's your most impressive part of your theory. Hey, I'm just well-versed in these things, Maxie. Do you sleep with your foot out? I mean, I'm going to be honest, dude. I do because I get really hot. Mm-hmm. I have to have a foot out. But here's the thing. I think as long as you're within the plane, like you, you, you don't cross the edge of the bed. You're, if your foot goes over the edge of the bed, okay, then you're fair game. I mean, then you're really and asking for trouble. I think foot in the covers, but on the bed, you're good. To each their own. If I was going to put my foot out of the covers, over the edge of the bed, you know, I had to get like a, a foot necklace with a cross on it. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. Some garlic on your foot. <laughs> Something like that. But hey, man, to each their own, Maxie, if that's what you want to do. You know, and honestly, this version of the hat man we were just talking about, he just, you know, seemed to want to mess with the witness. I mean, she didn't sense anything evil from this entity, fortunately, I guess. Yeah. Which, at least according to the lore, is the first thing many people claim to feel upon seeing various shadow people. You're right. I mean, personally, I'd flip out. Yeah, you and me both. Mm Mm-hmm. So, we done, Rock? Gang, with that final story, we are done with this here episode. Y'all want to hear more about shadow people? Let us know. And I feel we just scratched the surface on this ever-expanding phenomenon. Yeah, for sure. So much lore out there on this subject. Mm -hmm. We could definitely do another episode, so let us know if you want us to. Yep, agree. Let us know, party people. The bard of our show, the great and powerful Teresa Joy, is continually casting charm person on all you fine folks. Find and follow her at Vilebright on Facebook and Instagram. And speaking of the socials, please follow your boys on all of them. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. You know, we'd love to hear from you. We want your stories, gang. Yep. Send them to us at nightmarespod at gmail.com. Or on our own damn website at nightmarespodcast.net. Scroll down, see the wolves, and holler at your boys. And please share the show, gang. Please do. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as always, be good to each other and... Sweet dreams.
Thank you.